You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system, up to a 313-mile range, and A-Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, their ZDX is the most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies podcast, your destination for in-depth discussion and analysis of the Premier League and the Champions League. I'm Robbie Earl and I'm joined today by a very special guest, Mr Stephen Warnock, Liverpool, Aston Villa and Blackburn fame. And today we break down week 23 of the Premier League season. Our topics today are Arsenal dropping points at home, joined to Brentford 1-1, while Manchester City beat Aston Villa 3-1 to go just three points behind Arsenal, setting up a massive showdown on Wednesday night. Manchester United beat Leeds 2-0, another Marcus Rashford goal. Liverpool win the Merseyside derby, beating Everton 2-0, while Newcastle stumble and Eddie Howe's return to Bournemouth. They drew 1-1, and Tottenham have no answer for Leicester City, losing four goals to one. That's what we've got coming up in today's episode. So, Stephen, we're going to start the weekend. Um... At the Emirates, Arsenal. Mm-hmm. I think people are starting to just wonder, is this the period where things start to go a little bit awry? They lost to Everton last week 1-0. You know, didn't play particularly well. They draw 1-1 at home to Brentford. Um, and we know that they've got the big game coming up against Manchester City. I think the critics, those who are looking at Mikel Arteta's team and don't quite feel they're going to be good enough to go the distance, are looking at the club now and starting to say, this is the reason why. Are they valid reasons, or can they still maintain the kind of form they've shown and hang in there? I think it's a very interesting thing to look at, because I, I watched the game against Brentford, and it was one of the games that was sort of um, I was asked to watch. Yeah, no, a 10 o'clock window, wasn't it, where there's different games going on? But yeah, you concentrated on I that concentrated one. on that hmm. one, because I just wondered, with Brentford being such a difficult team to break yeah. down, and well-organised, and... Thomas Frank went there, changed his formation, he went to a 3-5-2, and he, he set them up extremely well. Yeah. But what Arsenal seemed to be, they just seem to be a little bit leggy at the moment, and I look at the squad and I go, is there enough depth in there? Compare them to Manchester City and the, the changes that they can make. Is it now starting to hamper them, and they're starting to feel it? If you look at the changes, they don't make too many changes to the starting eleven unless they're forced upon with injury. Uh, in the game against Brentford, they, they didn't move the ball quickly. Brentford counter-attacked them time and time again. Mm. Ivan Tony could have had a couple of goals, um, hit the crossbar. And I know Mikel Arteta said after the game, we were in control of the game. I didn't feel that like they were completely. Okay. Interesting. Um, yeah. yeah, so I think Mikel Arteta is probably trying to psychologically yeah. get into the players' heads a little bit. Yeah, yeah he's got to do that. Um, he and that's good management from Mikel Arteta. But I think the big test is obviously yeah. against Manchester City. It's interesting, Steve, because you know, we both played. We, we both know the situation. And kind of, I wonder with, with, with Arsenal, is it the legginess? Is, is it a little bit of fatigue that you know, this uh, Premier League season, 38-game season, World Cups and all that that's gone on? Is that the effect? Or some are suggesting that there's a mental fatigue that comes in. There's a slog of the Premier League. And this is a young team who've never been the distance before. Yeah. A young manager who's never been the distance before. Are we sort of automatically saying, well, 
this is going to happen, this is something they might have to overcome. Because I have to say, we were saying the same thing with Leicester City. Yeah. Leicester City ended up going all the way and winning the title. So, I just, you know, as a, as a, as a former player, where do you sit on that one? I, I think when you look at when Leicester won the league, City weren't at the brilliant best. No. And, and this is the big thing for me. It's like having a race over 100 metres and you, get, you start on the 70-metre line or 30-metre line. You've got 70 to run. Okay. But you've got Usain Bolt behind you. Mm. And you know he's coming at some point. Yeah. And you know he's capable of beating you. And that's the way I liken it and think, you've got Manchester City. We know they're capable they're the of Usain putting Bolt runs. the Usain Bolt to the Premier League. Yeah. And, and, and just look at them and think, the strength in, the strength in depth, yeah. they've not been at the best. They beat Arsenal a couple of weeks ago, albeit in a different competition. But I just look at that and I think of, like you said there, Arteta's not been here. He's been there in the changing room with yeah. Pep, yeah. but it's a different case when you're doing it on your own. Players out of form, how do you handle the changing room? I don't know whether Mikel would have been privy to all of what Pep was thinking in his head yeah. at times, mm. the sleepless nights and things like that. Yeah. Now he's got, to, he's got to deal with all that. This is new to Mikel Arteta. I think it's huge strides for the football club and where he's got them. Yeah. Um, however, um, we just don't know because a lot of questions have been asked of Arsenal and they've yeah. come back and answered them. Mm. They, they lost to Manchester United. How yeah. would they react to that? Yeah. And then they went on this great run and mm. Arteta seemed to learn a lot tactically because I think he made... Uh, a couple of substitutions yeah. within that game. And, and I loved it when he came out after the game and said, I think I got that wrong. Yeah, That's okay. Honest, yeah. Because I've learned mm. from it and mm-hmm. I will learn from it. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's fascinating. So, so I'm here to throw the counter-argument. So, you know, th- there was some talk uh, this weekend that maybe, you know, it's Pep getting into Arteta's head. You know, we saw and we talked about Vlad Rodri at, at, at the um, come over and do an interview. And we talked about, you know, Bernardo Silva playing as, as, as a third centre-back, and is that going to you know, affect you know, the, the Arsenal game coming up on Wednesday? So people are kind of feeling like Pep can get into Arteta's head. I want to go the other way. What about Arteta getting into Pep's head? Arteta's been with him, as you said, through many great title wins, knows the guy, knows his tactics, knows the way he works, knows the way he sets up in big games. They've lost two games so far this season, Arsenal. Man City have, have, have lost four. They've got the second-best attacking record in the league, the second-best defensive record in the league. What about Arsenal getting a win through their good football, through a little bit of luck, through you know, fighting it out, and having a five-point gap with a game in hand? All of a sudden, the, the narrative looks and feels a lot different. So yeah. I just wonder if, the, if there's a big performance in Arsenal waiting to come out. I think 100% there's a big performance there. And I think when, when you talk about the tactics going head-to-head, how often have we seen in the past in, in the Champions League mm. where Pep's overthought it? Correct, yeah. And, and point, that's yeah. one of my things mm. where I think, is he going to overthink this or is he going to say, no, do you know what? This is what brings me success. I'm going to yeah. stick to that. Mm. Um, and, and that will be fascinating to see. Um, but I, I almost look at it as, again, you go the grandmasters of chess. Because the way Arsenal and Manchester United play, they almost move pieces in the right place and it, and it, makes, it builds an attack or it yeah, builds yeah. a shape in what they do. Um, yeah, I, it wouldn't surprise me if it was a very cagey game, mm. but one moment of brilliance. Because we know that both teams have got yeah. it. We look at Odegaard, Saka, Martinelli, Trossard, who's, who's being influential yeah, coming, off the yeah. bench, which is, which is a Important, huge plus. Yeah. But then we go to Manchester City and you just look at Silva, De Bruyne, and then you just go, Haaland. That one chance that, that might fall to him, 
will he be clinical? Will he get that opportunity? Um, I, it's, I can't wait to watch the game, to see these two these two minds go at it. I spoke to someone at the uh, Arsenal training, uh, the uh, part of the Arsenal staff a while ago. He's on the yeah. fitness side of things. He was a mild fitness coach at, at Aston Villa. And he said it's fascinating listening to him in the changing room, how he sees things and what the next step is on the football pitch and how he wants to evolve the team. And I just think it's incredible that we all just go, well, Pep, Pep was he's given him all his ideas. You've got to see it yourself. You've got yeah, to be able to correct. change things yeah. as well. So I think we, we don't give him as, as much credit for, being, for learning off Pep, but also taking it to a new level himself and evolving it in his own Absolutely. way. I totally agree with that. The elephant in the room has to come out was the Brentford goal that was scored by Ivan Tony, mm. um, and you were watching the game and we were a little bit dismayed with some of the lines or lack of lines that were going uh, MVAR and it was proven after that um, play was offside, Brentford play was, was offside, Norgard was, was, was yeah. offside in the build-up before we pull, put the ball across to Ivan Tony. Tony scores, Brentford get a share of the points. Two points dropped for Arsenal. Massive mistake by VAR, who have under Hal Webb come out and apologised, which I think at least is a step forward and they've admitted... Did, did they apologise? Well, I think... Sort of. It's a sort of apology, <laughs> but at least it's a step in the right yeah, direction of, of, of owning the situation. Yeah. Doesn't help Arsenal. Shouldn't happen in the Premier League, something the Premier League have to deal with because they owe Arsenal an apology, they owe the fans an apology, they owe the team an apology, they owe the referee an apology. VAR's yeah. there to support and help the referee, and he badly got it wrong. Well, despite all that, can, can Mikel Arteta use some of that? We talked about siege mentality, and we'll talk about Manchester City in a minute. Can Mikel Arteta use some of that to galvanise his team? Well, I think it's something that he's going to have to, he's going to, have to pick them up, because they will have felt hard done to. Uh, he made a big point, didn't he, in his press? Uh, you know, absolutely. he jumped on it and, and quite rightly was saying that you know that the goal shouldn't have stood. Well, come the end of the season, if you lost the title by a point mm. or two points, and you look at that decision and, and what happened, um, we often say that the offsides are they they they, yeah, they are cut usually dry, cut and dry, yeah, yeah. and and they're looked after. But again, it's humans looking after yeah. technology. Human error. Human error again, mm. and and it is it's disappointing. Um, and there is another side to it and say, we all make mistakes. Right. And that's part and parcel of it. And sometimes we, we can overanalyze it and we can say, well, it should never happen. It's part and parcel of it. The only thing I look at is the World Cup. And you, you say, from that side of the technology where it's yeah. you had like a, a chip in the ball and mm -hmm. the, the imagery, then that is a different level. And maybe that's what we need to put in to take that humor and, human error away. But from Mikel Arteta's point of view... Um, I think the focus won't be on won't be on that side of it. I think it'll just be purely not to be beaten yeah. in the game, yeah. not, not not to yeah. win it. Yeah, to win it'd be great. Don't, don't, not, yeah. not, not just to get don't, don't get beat. Yeah. And you're right. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Dogs are an important part of our lives. That means protecting them from parasites. Ask your vet about NextGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection against fleas, ticks, heartworm disease, roundworms, and hookworms. Plus, they're delicious and easy to give. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Ask about NextGuard Plus chews. Um, let's move on to Manchester City because a lot of tension, a lot of eyeballs on, on them with the Premier League allegations about the regular payments, yeah. etc. 112, I believe, um, cases that they've got to deal with. There was a lot of speculation about what this might do to the club, what might happen, what might be the consequences of this. Pep Guardiola was very stoic on Friday in his yeah. press conference. I thought stood up for his football club, backed the people who run the football club, believed in what they said, and talked about... One of my takeaways was a great line where he said, the lawyers have got to do their job in the courtroom. My players have to do their job on the pitch. And they did the job. They got it done against Aston Villa, 1-3-1, and then 3-0 up um, in, in the game and then gave a, a bit of a sloppy goal away yeah. to, to um, Ollie Watkins, but got the three points the most important thing. Is this something that's going to stay with, with Man City through the course of the season? I mean, they were at home in this game and the fans played their part. We yeah. had great scenes before the game kicked off. We had great support as, as the match started. But when they go away from home, Steve, and, and we've all been there where it's hostile, where it's a, it's a negative atmosphere, could that not affect a title run it? Um, with, with most other teams, I'd probably think it could. But mm. I think this team's so mentally strong. I think Pep's... Hugely mentally strong. Um, I, again, I think it's how you how you put things across to your players. But yeah. every every club will try and upset Manchester City in any way they can with the fans. But the quality on the pitch that they have, yeah. they will silence them in some way. I really do feel that. I think it'll be a little bit hostile towards the first maybe 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. But then yeah. when you start seeing Manchester City play... And they'll they'll soon silence a crowd. We're we're going to see at the Emirates, aren't we? The first yeah, we'll the first be, time yeah. away from home, yeah. and we'll sort of know mm, what in reactions. A huge high profile game. Absolutely. the world is watching. Yeah, and, and I'm I, sure the Arsenal fans are going to do whatever they can to feel that they'll upset City. Yeah, but I, but it's interesting when when we when you hear the players come out or the manager, like you say, it, they they can't change what's going on at, at yeah. the highest levels of the mm-hmm. club. Everything's about we do our job on the pitch and we let everyone else deal with those other situations and I'm sure that's the way the players will look at it. Yeah, absolutely. And you always, I always get the sense with, with Manchester City, their possession and the way they keep the ball almost quietens the crowd down. It does, yeah. And, and, and then totally they stabilise the opposition. So, yeah, Manchester City got his job done, beat Aston Miller. So, let's throw it forward to, to, to the big game. Obviously, we, we've got a couple of more days to enjoy the build-up and see what happens and all the backstories and the Artetas and, and Pep and the Sorcerer yeah. and the Apprentice and all that that we love. Let's get down to the, the nuts and bolts. Arsenal at home, if they play well, can they win this game? Yes, absolutely yeah. they can. I totally agree. Because they can hurt Manchester City. I, th- mm. I still think there's a vulnerability at the back of Manchester City. Yeah. Um, Pep keeps on changing the back line. Um, I don't think Edison's being quite his best from what... I mean, even getting caught out on the ball and being yeah. quite lazy at times with his passing, which is something that we don't often see from him. But I just think um, 
you can get at Manchester City. I think you can cause them problems. I think they switch off at times in defence and the record hasn't been as good, goals conceded, etc. So, and again, I go back to that quality in four positions and I look at Odegaard and I think, can he, can he unlock a defence? Absolutely yeah. he can. Yeah. Uh, can Saka beat, whether it's Ake or Laporte in the left-back mm. position, can he take him on 1v1 and make something happen for Nketiah to score a tap-in? Of course he can. So I look at those positions and just think, yes, they can hurt them. And also the pace that they've got. Pace to burn down both both flanks. Pace hurts teams, and whether they're the top team or not, you'll always get hurt by pace. Turnovers and transitions, I just feel for Arsenal. If, if they can do well in turning the ball over and quickly attack. Yeah. You know, we all talk about Haaland and his threat for, for Manchester City, but I always think if Martinelli and Saka are right on top of their game, yeah. they can be match winners for Arsenal. Yeah, I think they've got to play on the edge a bit, haven't they? Yeah. Just play yeah. almost, we, we call it a cheat role, don't we, yeah, in football, yeah. where we yeah, say they don't just come yeah. back all the way. Mm-hmm. They almost, because of the home team, they yeah. play on the other side and think, if it breaks if down, I'm going to ask the question of Kyle way. Walker yeah. or yeah. Ake or Laporte, mm. whoever it might be, whether it's Rico Lewis as well. So it, it'll be fascinating to yeah. see whether Arsenal have got that bravery in them to do that. Mm. And that's, I think if it was any other team, they would. Yeah. But because it's Manchester City, it's a bit like, mm. can we take that it's chance to do it. that? Yeah. So. yeah, fascinating game. Well set up, yeah. 1.30 PM Eastern Time on Peacock, one we're all looking forward to. Um, yeah, Arsenal v um, Manchester City. You just feel that this game is going to have a bearing somewhere down the line on where that title might end up. Yeah, so absolutely. that's how, how big the game is. OK, man, let's move on to a team that's ticking along very nicely, actually. They won at Ellen Road 2-0, Manchester United. I know this isn't your team, and as a Liverpool and as a Red, yeah. it might be hard to give some praise. But we did a, a tactical breakdown on um, Ten Hag and just talked about how he changes games, how he can influence games, how he uses his substitutes, how he gets games going. I mean, Rashford, 13 goals in his last 15 all competitions. Yeah. Incredible. You know, he's got Sancho back into the side. Ganacho comes on, scores, and reminds the manager that he can be a player. I just get the sense these some solid building blocks being put in place from Manchester United for success that might come down the road. Yeah, I, I think the big thing for me when, when Ten Hag came in, I loved his first press conference. Mm. Respectful, but don't cross the line with yeah, me. Just yeah. That was just to the press. Mm. And as a player, I'd be watching that thinking, ooh, yeah. I'm going to be on my toes here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think the best managers have got that. I think Klopp's got it. I think Guardiola's got it. I think Thomas Tuchel. I mean, you can have it in it. different ways, Steve. And it's a really interesting point because I've had managers who can be aggressive. I've managers who are good talkers, managers yeah. who are intelligent, managers who... You can find a different way to push that button. There's Absolutely. no set way of doing it, is there? No, there isn't. But what what I really like, um, and the big thing is, everyone went at the beginning of the season, oh, they're, they're going to be nowhere near it because of the first two games. Yeah, the, yeah. the Brentford game and um, was it Brighton, Brighton as well, the first yeah, game. Yeah. So you look at them two games, and I always thought, well, don't judge them on two games. Mm. It's, it, it's a bit too much that because they were... As much as the pre-season went well, we all know it's still pre-season. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you're almost going through the paces of the opposition who you're playing. It's just to get minutes in your legs. And in your mind as a player, you're thinking, I don't want to get injured for the first game. So there's not wholehearted challenges. There's a different way of playing. But I always thought the season would be more like a roller coaster. I thought it's going to be up and down all the way. Well, it was down. And, and since then, it's pretty much been on mm. the way up. And I, and I just think it's credit to Ten Hag and what he's done. Um, he changed his style of play at the beginning of the season and went a little bit more direct. Yeah. And I thought, I'd not seen that side of his teams before because I watched a lot of Ajax in, in the Champions League. Yeah. And I thought, 
it was very interesting to see, no, I, I'm not afraid to do that. I'll get the results and then I'll slowly implement the way I want to play. Yeah. And then we saw the tactical changes yeah. against Leeds. Very clever, mm. very quick to do them as well. Not afraid to do them throughout the game, which I, which I like about him. Yeah. Um, I, I think on the sidelines as well, I think he, he sort of has a, a presence. Command, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he has yeah. this nice presence mm. about yeah. him where when you look ab- across, mm. he's never fl- like flustered. He's yeah. in control of the situation. Player asks him a question. I've got the answer straight away. What you mm-hmm. want, or if I haven't, I'll give you it in a couple of seconds. Yeah. I always think he looks in control, and I like that about yeah, him. Yeah, it's a good point. He dealt with the Ronaldo situation. I thought brilliant, perfectly. Yeah. You know, allowed Ronaldo to almost hang himself. Yeah, show him his true colours, and then moved him out of the football club. And we've seen the benefit from, from there. And then the Rashford situation. The Rashford situation. It was a brilliant shot at the end of the game where there was him and Rashford with his yeah. arm around, talking and smiling and. You know, it's a very different... Marcus Rashford's in the form of his life for Manchester United. Absolutely. Um, and that's off down to what Ten Hag has done. One person I was really interested in, again, interested in your take, Harry Maguire was brought back into the first team, yeah. played with Luke Shaw as the two centre-backs for Ryan, and Martinez got a rest. Martinez did come on as a sub. And we do know they've got Barcelona in the Europa on Thursday. Yeah. So I don't know if there was any eye towards that, but... How important is it for the Manchester United captain to still get the right minutes? Because people are saying, like, well, if he's not going to be there, may as well sell him. But mm. this is an England international, Manchester United captain. Yes, he's had a bit of a bad time, but can Ten Hag bring him back into the fold? Rashford wasn't was, was in, in great nick when, when Ten Hag came to the football club. He's changed him. Yeah. Has he got the man management, the skills, and, 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 and pushed the right buttons to, to, to get more and better out of home. I, I think he does, and I think it's a great point. I think the other one's Wan-Bissaka. We yeah. all thought he was out the door, and now what we see from Wan-Bissaka is, is, is coming back into it. Yeah. Did he miss out with illness, was it, the game yeah, before? He was Ill. Yeah, he was ill. And that's just, yeah. imagine him now. Yeah. He'd be kicking himself, mm. thinking, is that my opportunity? Was that what I want? So, yeah. uh, so it's a shame that he missed that opportunity. But from, one, uh, from Harry Maguire's point of view, I'd be looking at him and thinking... I can get back in this team yeah. with a man manager like that who mm-hmm. can put his arm around me at times, but yeah. also tell me a few home Yeah, shoots. when I'm not doing so You're not so playing well. well enough. Yeah. You're not good enough yeah. to be in my team yet. Okay, well, what do I need to do? I'll give. I'll tell you what you need to do. Mm. Um, I, I said it on the show the other day. I, I almost think we're doing him a disservice. I think we're being a little bit disrespectful by saying, why is he playing? Yeah. He yeah. plays for England mm. and he's the club captain. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's a big thing, that. So, mm. um, we've... No player... and. I think maybe a couple of players that you can probably save, Ronaldo and Messi, and you look at them, but no player doesn't suffer confidence, yeah. lose yeah. the confidence mm. at some point and has a dip in the career. I went through it, and, and yeah. I'm sure every, many yeah, other players, it. Yeah. and it's how you get out of that, and sometimes you can have the right manager to help you through that. It's how they manage it, how they think it's right for you. Mm. Um, I think it'll be a very interesting situation come the end of the season to see how much game time Maguire's had and whether he stays at the club or leaves. Because I think in January, I think I'm right in saying that, he, he, Ten Hag didn't want him to leave. He no, wanted him to no. stay. There was a lot which, of talk, wasn't there, that yeah, he could be out, could out be the co- door. Could yeah, yeah so it's absolutely uh, managing things pretty nicely at the moment. Ten Hag, Manchester United, we're up to second. I think just dropped back to third place now. But um, still, some might say still in the title race. I, I believe would, so, would go yeah. 46 points at the moment. Uh, Arsenal on 51, Manchester City on 48. So, yeah. Manchester United ticking along nice. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. 
Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority, especially against nasty parasites. That's why you got to check out NextGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease. Plus, it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef-flavored, soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NextGuard Plus chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Let's move it to the Merseyside derby because this was always going to be one of the big games of the weekend. Uh, Liverpool team got beat 3-0 last week by Wolverhampton Wonders, an Everton team that won 1-0 against leaders Arsenal. So lots of attention on this game. Many thinking that, you know, Everton in good shape could go to Anfield and get all three points. Didn't quite work out that way. And, you know, there was the Tarkovsky hitting the post 15 seconds later, Mo Salah scoring at the other end. that pretty much put a different slant on the game. But it was better for Liverpool, I would say. You know, you live in the area, you play for the football club. It wasn't classic Liverpool. It wasn't, you know, Liverpool at their very best. But there were signs of, I thought, recovery... It was two classic counter-attacks with speed and, and precision finishing. Um, a front three that looked quite dangerous and sort of have a bit of combination play and, and a little bit of life. Um, and many positives, I think, for Jurgen Klopp to start to build on as his team move up from 10th to 9th. That's the, the, the state the club's in at the moment. Yeah, I, th- I think if, if this had been at Goodison, I think we'd have probably said this would have been yeah. a lot more difficult. Um, but the game literally hinged on that moment of Tarkovsky hitting the post and then just the turnover, how quickly Liverpool broke. 13 seconds later. Yeah, it was incredible. I mean, the pace of, of Darwin Nunez mm. down that left-hand side. But then it was the, the ability, the composure to pick that pass into Mohamed Salah. Mm. And, um, but I thought once Gakpo scored his goal, the confidence just started to come back into yeah. every single player. It was almost like a sigh of relief. Like we've gone two up. I think if it had stayed at 1-0 for maybe to 60, 70 minutes, I think the crowd would have got anxious. I think yeah. the players would have felt that a little bit nervous themselves. Yeah. But we saw Gakpo coming into space, turning, running at players, starting to be physical with players and, and bounce yeah. them out the way. The second goal where we see Robertson driving past Seamus Coleman and Trent Alexander-Arnold flying down that right-hand side and then the quality of the ball in. Um, I think it was a, a really good performance. Often when you play in a Merseyside derby, you say it doesn't matter about the, the performance, yeah, just get yeah, the result. Yeah. And I'm sure Jurgen Klopp would have thought that before the game. Mm. But luckily for him, he got a, 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 a solid performance in yeah. the first half by yeah. getting a goal. But then the second half, they, they, counted, uh, well, they created so many opportunities. And, and he spoke after the game and he said, 
the amount of situations that we've created. When did you last see that? Yeah, he yeah, knew yeah. it himself. Yeah. He's been waiting for this to happen. So, uh, you know, it was, it, was, it was a good night for Liverpool. I just felt the relief in Jurgen Klopp. He talked about desperation before yeah. the game and we need to enjoy the game. You made a big note of, about talking about the fans as well and how important they were to yeah. be with the team, to lift the team, to stay with the team. Because, you know, the first 10, 15 minutes, Everton are bunkered in, mm. making it difficult. It's not a great game. It's not a great spectacle. And... Those kind of games can go anyway and almost play more into Everton's plans than they do to, to Liverpool's. But he got the goal and they got the win and, and as I say, the front three looked all of a sudden a little bit more dangerous yeah. and looked like they're combining. Bajatic, the, the, the midfield player, yeah, really three good. straight games now, he, he's an absolute bonus. Yeah. Getting Jota back, getting Firmino back in the mix. Van Dijk back on the bench. Van Dijk back yeah. on the bench. I think all those are positives um, from Liverpool's point of view. So... From now to the end of the season, Champions League looks and feels like that's going to be too big of a stretch in terms of finishing. It's nine in, points, in though, isn't it? Now it's nine points. And Liverpool would have to go on one of those runs that Liverpool have done in the last five years yeah. to, to go close or to win a, a title. I'm just not sure Liverpool are, are quite at that level yet. I mean, they're away at Newcastle next week, which will give us maybe an indication of yep, you know things starting to come back to, back together. But Jurgen Klopp seemed to me as though he needed that today as much as his team needed it. Oh, yeah. I, I think even the fist bump at the end, the last yeah. one. Yeah. It was like, it was like <laughs> he almost couldn't throw it, could he? Yeah. Almost dropped his arm. Uh, he looks tired, Jürgen. Mm. But why, I, I think you would be at this point as in... He's had to take a lot on, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. I mean, the, the talk behind the scenes of the club being sold, yeah. a lot of his staff have left as mm. well behind the scenes. Michael Edwards, who's the... Uh, sort of buys all the players and helps him with that side of things on the transfer committee. I think, obviously, he, him leaving would have been a big loss to Jurgen Klopp. Yeah. I know he tried to convince him to stay, wanted him because he knows how important he is. Um, but the losses to any manager will hurt them. Yeah. And the sleepless nights of how do I fix this? And when you're a great manager and you're an elite manager and you go through these tough times, they don't go through them as often because they're used to winning so often. So he'll have been thinking... How do I fix this? And, and it's yeah. taken a long time. I'm not saying it's fixed now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that will have been. He'll sleep well tonight. Yeah. Step in the right direction. Yeah, he'll sleep yeah. well, and I think he'll. He'll. He's been prickly in the press mm. back in England. Um, I think we've seen that. Yeah. And I think even his interview after the game was a lot more polite. Yeah. That yeah. feeling that he had on his face and the smile. That's so, a good uh, clop in it. That, yeah, that's it a good cop clop. Yeah, it yeah. is absolutely. And, that, and, and when things go well, there's no one better than him. Let's uh, quick just. A word on Everton because well set up for 20 minutes yeah. or so they're in the game they're, they're what, a width of a post difference from taking a 1-0 lead which mm. would have made it very the different difference. in Anfield very different game and you know if Liverpool has struggled to maybe get a goal before half time going 1-0 you, you don't quite see see the game playing out in the same way so I think things for Sean Dyche to, to, to work on I thought they were pretty poor going forward today yeah. only one shot on target no real threat went with Ellie Sims Young player who's been brought back from on loan from Sunderland didn't really work with his physicality to try and hold the ball up. Uh, they would put Damari Gray and, and Neil Mope on later and maybe looked a little bit uh, better there. But work to do for, for Sean Dyche. But he, he, he said, I thought he said a really interesting thing when our friends at Sky, Gary Neville and, and Jamie Carragher interview him. And he said, I'm not going to react game by game and get up and get down. I want consistency of performance in training and in games. And... I thought the, the base was there, not too bad. Mm -hmm. Five in midfield and the back four. Yeah. But once they won the ball, 
I didn't think they were they were quick and incisive enough with the second pass to ever really put Liverpool under pressure. Yeah, I think the big thing with Sean Dyche and, and that comment that he made about the consistency. Yeah. I think if you had a, an inexperienced manager, he'd be thinking, he'd, he'd be hoping for a win tonight and thinking yeah. like, I need to get a win. Mm. Whereas Sean Dyche knows that this won't relegate them. Yeah, there's yeah. there's more to come and, mm. and there's there's more, more points to come. Games, yeah. yeah, and I think he'll also know that. If I put myself in Sean Dyche's shoes, the one thing I'd say when I go, go, went into the club is, at home, we have to get maximum points because yeah. it's, a, I mean, it's a tough place to play Everton. Yeah. You've played anyway, there yourself and yeah, it's very yeah, hard, isn't yeah. it? So he'll know that the home form is, is, is the, the best mm. part of staying yeah. up. And he'll have, got, he'll have said, if we can go to Anfield and maybe pinch a point, then great. Mm. But if not, it's, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. And, and Everton fans won't want to hear that, but mm-hmm. that is the bigger picture. That's the reality, of isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. is. Um, I think the disappointing thing was the, was the forward play, like you say. Um, my my concern was when he starts Ellis Sims mm. and he doesn't play Neil Mope, what does he do now for the next game? If he wants Mope, Mope looked like he was sulking at half-time. Mm. And he'll yeah, have been disappointed. Yeah. So it's now that side of the man management yeah. now. Can Sean Dyche go to Neil Mope and almost with his tail between his legs make yeah. him say, you're yeah. my main guy I made now. a bit of a mistake yeah. on that one. Would you get the sense Sean Dyche I think he would. can do and yeah. it's good? Damari Gray is another option that yeah. he could throw up there as well. So, yeah, yeah it'd be interesting to see if he does that. Covet lewin you know, the injuries is, is a real blow for, for him and, yeah. and for Everton. I don't, I don't think you can count on him, can you? No, that, and that, is and a that's bit of a, a problem, harsh thing it? to say. Yeah. But when, when you go into a, a changing room and you're mm. a manager... Right, who's going to be me? Who's going? What's going to be team going to be from now till the end of the season? Because you look at Sean Dyche, he doesn't change much, does he? And he'll be looking at that centre forward position, thinking, "What can I do here? How can I change that? What can I make happen?" Yes, a good point. Let's move it down to the Eddie Howe return to Bournemouth. Mm -hmm. Um, Bournemouth won, Newcastle won. Probably be seen as a a disappointing result uh, for for Newcastle in the form they're in and where they're sitting in the table. Um, but good point for Gary O'Neill, who things haven't been particularly going well for him. For him. Um, from Ellie's point of view, um, have they just got to be careful? Form just dipped a little, little bit of late. Bruno, yeah. No Bruno Guimaraes, actually. It might makes be something that, that makes a big difference. Just that creativity from midfield. Almiron did score, but not being quite on top of his game, yeah. so Maximum started this one as well. Um, might we just see a few more of these iffy results for, for Newcastle in the next few weeks? Big game talked about, didn't they, at, uh, at Liverpool at the weekend, which is going to be a real tester. Yeah, I, th- I think the big thing for Newcastle is that, that they're at home in that game, mm. which is which is big for them. Yeah. Um, watch this game as well. We, we had a close eye on this one. And it was in... I always think Newcastle are a better team without St. Maximan in it. I think he's too selfish. I think he plays a game individually. Mm. Um, if Guimaraes would have been fit, I think he starts in midfield, and I think yeah. he played Joel Linton higher, higher up, up on the that pitch. Left-hand side, yeah. um, and as much as he's been a great centre midfielder, Joel Linton, mm. I still think he's a, an upgrade on St. Maximan playing in that higher position. And I think he just brings a, a better balance towards the team. Um, Maybe Anthony Gordon might play there at the weekend against Liverpool to cause yeah. Trent Alexander-Arnold problems in the past as well. Um, and Eddie Howe might be looking at that thinking, now that he understands how I want them to play, he can uh, he can move them into that wide left position. But I just thought they were a little bit lethargic in the game, not as quick in, in the mm. passing and the way they've moved it about. They always look difficult to break down. Yeah. However, conceding a goal against Bournemouth will be disappointing for them. Um, but Bournemouth are scrapping for their lives, so yeah. it's nothing's... Never, nothing's ever as simple Easy as it given. looks not, on not paper, in, is Not it? in the so, Premier League. No. And, you know, no Callum Wilson, who 
picked yeah. up a bit of muscle injury. It's there's a little bit of a worry that they, these niggles keep coming. Yeah. The other thing I just think from Newcastle point of view, and I know these are focused with the fans and they're focused in there, we've got a league up against Manchester United coming up in yeah. a couple of weeks. Absolutely. You just wonder if some of the attention starts to go there because everybody knows what winning a cup would do to that area and what scenes oh. we'd see. In Newcastle, but yeah. a huge game against Liverpool, and they've got to take care of the business before they get to that League Cup. And I'm sure that's a message Edgy's trying to give to, to, to his team. Yeah, I think if you want to progress the football club, it is about winning a trophy. But yeah. I think the big thing is, is, is getting Champions League football. If you want to move your club forward, mm. you've got to be known globally. You've got to play in the big, biggest competitions. Because if an agent then, or a, a, an official from Newcastle, yeah. rings up and says, this is Newcastle. Yeah. Oh, you qualify for the Champions, Champions League, League didn't yeah. You? yeah, that's, that's appealing. So if you want to progress the club forward, you've mm. got to get in the Champions League. However, on the flip side of things, if you've not won a competition or yeah. a cup competition yeah. for however many years, Eddie Howe will be looking at that thinking, I can go down in history here mm. and I can become Legacy. a great within a short space of time. When we were all looking, when, when Newcastle got bought out, we were all thinking big name. Yeah, and everyone stop said, gap for Eddie yeah. yeah. Well, I think a lot of people were thinking, well, he basically got Bournemouth relegated, yeah, but he's improved, he's Absolutely. learned from that. And this is the big thing in football is don't judge someone on the past. Mm. Think about the future and yeah. judge them what they're going to do over that period of time because we, we, we all learn from our mistakes. It's like myself and you. Yeah, of course. We make a mistake on the TV yeah. and things like that, and you, you kick yourself at you go, okay, I'm Next not going to let that yeah. happen again. I'm going to try and learn from that and move on from it. And I think... I think Eddie Howe's done that because you look at Bournemouth when they played, mm. it's far too easy to score against. Yeah, they were, Newcastle yeah. now, yeah. so Can't difficult get, yeah, to play against. Yeah, best defensive record in, in yeah, the league. Yeah, brilliant. Well, you're sitting in Robbie Musto's seat and I often ask Musty the tough question, so I'm going to give it to you, a tough question, and he usually doesn't give me an answer, but I'm sure you will. <laughs> if you're Eddie Howe, which one do you take? You get one or the other. You get Champions League spot or you get a League Cup. League Cup. I'd agree. All day. Because Absolutely. less money, less kudos, yeah. less, you know, but when somebody firms up and you say, I've won the League Cup, or somebody firms up and you say, we're in the Champions League. Yeah. But I think for that area, for that football club, Absolutely. to kick something off. I always remember, I spent a bit of time around Chelsea. I'd just finished my career. I was getting into media, and Mourinho came 2004, and I had a bit of time. I spent some time at the training ground and spoke to a few people. And I always remember, somebody at Chelsea said to me, as soon as he came in the door, he said, I'm going to win the, the uh, League Cup. He said, it'll be done by February. Mm-hmm. It'll be the first trophy I win. I'll yeah. start my legacy at the football club. And after that, he said, I've got a winning mentality. I've got dressing room. No 100% agree. And I couldn't believe And it was just seeing that and watching it, he went on to titles and all the other things that he won at Chelsea, that he honed in on that League Cup being the most important thing that he did. And I just think, anyhow, I've always sought for Newcastle, you know, when... Um, Alan Pardew was there and, and even Steve Bruce was there like win the League Cup yeah go after win it win the League Cup even if you're struggling you know if you finish fifth bottom in the table but win the League Cup yeah. and I used to see them play some weakened teams in the Cup and I discussed yeah. me in my head thinking like why, why? yeah well I, I was part of an Aston Villa team that got to the the final of the, the, the it was then the Carling Cup oh yeah, yeah and we got beat by Manchester United and it's still to this day one of the biggest regrets that I've not like didn't yeah. win that final yeah it, it still eats at me mm. now but we were also in the running for the Champions League spots and I'm still convinced that that knock-on effect of oh, not, not winning, winning that the, yeah cost us the Champions the League we end yeah. up finishing sixth mm. I think if we'd have won that like the Mourinho effect yeah, yeah. I think we'd have gone here we go, go again brilliant yeah. 
just that mentality, really funny, you'd that have mentality. felt 10 foot tall and you'd have thought, yeah, here we go, we can win now. Um, but I, I totally agree. I think you win the League Cup. If you can get a trophy in the cabinet, yeah. and, and, and you'd say it for a big club straight away, mm. but I'm just talking a trophy for Newcastle would be unbelievable. Absolutely, but there'll be uh, a big game ahead of that before that St James when uh, Newcastle and Liverpool. And that's a game with a bit of history. We've had some great classic yeah, yeah. games in the past, so we're looking forward to. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. That one. Let's move on to Leicester City. Um, because we Leicester 4, Tottenham 1. Tottenham got goal ahead. Antonio Conte was back on the sidelines after his um, surgery and, and you know, played his part uh, in, in, in the team makeup. But to go 1-0 up and concede four goals after beating Manchester City last weekend kind of tells you everything you need to know about, about Spurs and, mm. and where they are. Yeah, I, I think it, you look at Spurs at the moment and listen to a lot of the, the sort of the phone-ins back in England mm-hmm. and a lot of Spurs fans are, are saying that they would take the, they take the style of football that Antonio Conte plays yeah. if it was successful. But now it's not being successful. A lot of people are saying they don't want him to stay at the football club. They don't like the style of football. They don't want, they don't want to watch it. It's boring. Um, then you get the other side of it where they're saying, well, he hasn't got the right players to yeah, do it. Yeah. But he's had time and he's had money to, to, to bring players in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not quite worked out for him. I almost look at Conte at the moment and I think a lot of people say, well, how, how can you sit in the chair and question him? He's yeah. won titles yeah. and yeah. You, you, sit, you sit behind the TV mm-hmm. screen, you haven't mm-hmm. had the bottle to get up and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and, that, that and take yeah. that challenge on yeah. yourself. Well, you can talk about it because you've been in changing rooms with managers and you understand what the makeup is. I talked about Ten Hag before and a simple thing, when you look across at your manager and he's got his head held high and he looks in control... Every time I look at Conte, he's like this. He's got his head, head down. down. Mm. And it's almost like the body language is like, I'm struggling here, I don't know. It's almost like he doesn't believe in the players. Yeah. When you look across and you're a player and you're thinking, he doesn't like me. <laughs> or he doesn't mm. trust us or yeah. something. Yeah. There's something yeah. not quite right at the yeah. moment. Um, I worry about the Harry Kane situation for, for Spurs in the summer. Will they Somebody cash in goes, yeah. or will mm. he stay? Mm. I think that's a huge part of things because Harry Kane's on the, on the end of 4-1 losses away at Leicester he'll yeah. be thinking I know I know everyone talk the, the big talk at the moment is would you take the goals or would you want more trophies yeah, yeah. I still think if Harry Kane leaves he gets both yeah can, can he have both and, and I think yeah. that's that's one of the things so uh, it's a worrying time for Spurs mm. because we, we, we talk about Antonio Conte and we say mm. defensively sound really good defensively it's not quite working for them no it isn't um, you know, maybe for them, they'll say no Hugo Lloris, no Christian Romero in the team. Mm. You know, players out injured who weren't yeah. available. But I always think Eric Dyer is, is always a great barometer of Spurs. You know, starts the season in really good form, gets an in, plays for England. Conte talked about one of you know the best defenders in Europe. Then you see him other days where his concentration's poor. He makes bad errors. He, he doesn't show any leadership and and. If you're going to play Antonio Conte's style of football, and I saw him again, watched him very much when, when he was at Chelsea, 
He builds a team around a defence that's not going to concede too many goals. Correct. You're going to have to work so hard to get goals against. And then he's counter-attacked football, played a different style. If it was a Diego Costa or Harry Kane yeah. and, and, you know, and in Hazard and all like, he has quality players who can win the game at the top end of the pitch. Spurs still continue to have quality players who can win the game at the top end of the pitch. Yeah. What you can't rely on is a Spurs team who aren't sometimes just going to make mistakes, not no. defend well or bad, but just give, make errors that are going to lead to goals. And I include the goalkeeper, Nat Hugo yeah, Lewis, who was, who was, you know, has been a brilliant servant for the, for the football club and a World Cup winner. You know, certainly over the last few weeks, we've seen shots and things go on, on goal that actually, you know, the injury might have come at a decent time where you can just be taken out of the yeah. limelight and get totally yourself agree. right. So, work uh, certainly work to do, to do for Antonio Conte. I'm just going to pause here and take a moment to give my underappreciated performer of the week, B. Rog, yeah. Brandon Rogers, Good who call. is a man who generally gets criticised because of some things he says, some ways he reacts, that he's not quite the real deal, that he, you know, he can get so far and then he's a bit of a thing that he kind of bottles it or doesn't ever get things over the line. Leicester team that, you know, has lost a number of players. It's very different from the team that won titles and even that won the, the FA Cup. Um, but he's slowly getting players fit. He's slowly building the team, got one or two players in the window that, that have certainly helped them. Iheanacho up front at the weekend was excellent, Scored goals, assisted goals. James Madison back in the team scoring goals. And I think he's just a bit of an easy target at times, Brendan Rodgers. Mm -hmm. um, good coach, works well with players. I know him reasonably well, was on coaching badges with him. And when he was down at Chelsea, I got to know him a little bit when he first started off in, in his coaching career. Um, and somebody who I think is an easy target for, for, for people to criticise. So my underappreciated performer of the week, I think, goes to, and goes to Brendan Rodgers. Good call. Brendan Rodgers. Right, let's move on to a few other results this weekend. Uh, West Ham won, Chelsea won. Uh, a lot of excitement with the Chelsea team when yeah. it came out. Saw the team sheet, we saw all the names, all the excitement. Mudrick mm -hmm. and uh, Jao Felix, Havertz. You know, Mason Mount was on the bench, in, interestingly enough. Wasn't, yeah. wasn't part of it. But we see a lot of the uh, a look towards what Chelsea might look in the future with Graham Potter. But again, it didn't quite go to plan. Mm. Went 1-0 up, um, West Ham got an equaliser, and then game was in the balance for a little while. Flattered to deceive, don't they, mm. at the moment. And again, we like you say, a lot of attacking talent on the pitch. I think Graham Potter said in the game, and David Moyes said after it as well, great first 20 minutes from Chelsea. Yeah. But then just took the foot off the gas, and West Ham came back into it. They outbattled them. Yeah. I thought they won the fight, yeah. which was Turned important to them. Yeah, yeah, and they did. And, and that's where, when, you, when you're an elite team, you, you just pass around that. Yeah. You move the ball quicker. Mm. And I thought Chelsea tried to get, tried to join in in that battle and just got out-muscled completely. Um, a few mix-ups for the goal um, in the overloads and wide yeah. positions. We, we yeah. spoke about it. Were yeah, full-backs and, full and, and wingers. Just, just let's revisit that again, because maybe some of, of our listeners or, or viewers didn't see the game at the weekend. But I was talking about... So the relationship, let's say, between a full-back and a wide player, and you were a full-back, is so key that you have to know what the guy in front of you, that winger, is like. And we get all sorts of players. Some who are going to be diligent and track all the time. You know, if, if somebody comes yeah. on the outside, he's going to go. You know, the others who are going to look at you and go, I ain't coming back over the halfway line. So you know you have to deal with that. And those relationships build up over time and playing together for, for a period. Now, what we see with Chelsea is constant changing of 
often the fullbacks, sometimes through injury, sometimes through tactics, yeah. and often changes of the wide play. So at some point I was saying at the weekend, Graham Potter's just got to pare it down a little bit and, and, mm. and just allow some relationships to build so I know what you're going to do and what yeah. somebody next to me is going to do rather than it being always like a different midfield player, a different wide player, a different this player, we're playing different slots. You, you don't build any chemistry that way. No, I, I think the big thing for me when I watched the game was, so West Ham played with wing-backs. Yeah. They changed it and went to three at the back, which David Moyes has had mm-hmm. a lot of success with. So he had Sofal on the right-hand side, and then he had, um, bear with me, who did they have on the left-hand side? Emerson, Emerson. goal scorer. Yeah, good, so yeah. he, when you've got those two players, the, the decision then for Chelsea is, is do your full-backs go out or do your wingers go out yeah, to them two yeah. players? Now, because... West Ham played with a four with three. So you had Bowen on the right, and then you've got Antonio down the middle and Ben Rama on the right-hand side. Effectively, what Graham Potter said was, fullbacks stay in and stay Mm -hmm. with those two wide players. Two centre-halves take care of Antonio. You're asking so much of your wingers then to track back. Yeah, they've got to to come back. back. And you saw it with the goal. So the the goal when it comes in. So Fal has the ball on the right-hand side. Cucurelli drops back mm. and almost allows the cross to come in. He's waiting, pointing to at Mudrick, M- Mudrick yeah. saying, that's your job closing <laughs> yeah. down. Yeah. Then at the back post, Rhys James has gone on to Ben Rama because that's his man. Mm. And he's saying to Mudweki on the back post, yeah. you've got to take care of Emerson. Mm. Switches off, Emerson comes in at the back post. and it, It's a lot of running for wingers to do. Yeah. I think the big thing for me is, is that you can shuffle across. Cucurelli mm. could come yeah. out onto that wide man. Yeah. Then the two centre-halves can come Everybody across, comes and across and just shuffle across, across and, yeah. and let Deal it work. It. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that, that needs work. Oh, and it's, yeah. it's incredible that we're talking about elite players in world football in the Premier League. Yeah. Getting Still it need, those, need basic those little work, basic things. Yeah. And back to the drawing board. He did say, didn't he, Graham Potter came and interviewed with us after the game and said, we have still got work to yeah. on the training ground to do. And mm-hmm. maybe that was evidence of it. Big game at St. Mary's, Southampton won, Wolves 2, uh, Southampton went 1-0 up, Wolves lost a man, Lamina got sent off, yeah. so you're thinking maybe this is the win that Nathan Jones wanted, and then see two goals, second half, and with that he lost his job. Yeah. Um, no real surprise in that one? Uh, no, the, the big surprise for me was that he actually got appointed in the first place. Mm. Um, I look at his, what he's done in, in, in the game, and I think, yeah, done a good job at, at Luton, Luton, but yeah, then when he went to take to Stoke, that, that step, yeah. up, step up to Stoke, he really struggled. But then he came out and did this interview where he said he's, he's one of the best managers in world football and his stats back it up. And I thought, yeah. this is a big claim in the Premier League. If you're not doing it in the Premier League yeah. with the players that you've got, mm. then you've just got to taper it down a little yeah. bit. So um, I think we both said after the game, we didn't yeah. expect him to stay in the job and, yeah. and that was the end of him. I think we need to pause for your underappreciated performer of the week, don't we? We do, yeah. So I've gone for Lopetegui. Mm. Um, I just think since he's come into the football club, um, he spoke straight away about the fitness level, said we're not fit enough. And I I, I actually agreed with that because when I watched Bruno Large's teams, they were very slow, very monotonous in the way that they played. And they almost put you to sleep when you were (laughs) watching them and thinking... Come on, yeah. straight away, first game, they score a late goal away at Goodison, eight Nori with that blistering yeah. pace to get forward. But then to go down to 10 men, and whether it was a sending off or not, we don't think it was no. because of mm, what we saw, but we don't um, know what yeah, was said. Absolutely. However, now it's on Lopetegui to make a big decision. Mm. He made two at half time, changes yeah. two players, brings them on straight away. They find themselves back in the game, 
and then he makes another substitution. Yeah. Goal Gomez. scorer comes yeah, on Gomez, Gomez yeah. and settles the game. But they never sat back. Mm. They didn't sit back in a shape and mm. say, well, we'll just try and counter-attack when we can. They went after it. I thought it was magnificent from him. Yeah. And that could be a huge three points. It's a great contrast, actually, to, 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 to Nathan Jones, who's yeah. inexperienced, who never really changed anything at the football club and didn't get any kind of new manager bump. I think no. that's Lopetegui's third win yeah. uh, since he's taken over the, the football club and certainly made a difference to Wolves. He, I just look at Wolves and just think, they're going to be okay. Good enough. They're yeah. going to be okay. The M23 derby ended up in the draw. Crystal Palace versus Brighton. Um, another game that pointed piece, but I'm afraid VAR became the headline maker. Stupian with a, a shot for Brighton, yeah. and apparently the line was taken off James Tompkins, who was the centre back for, for Crystal Palace, who was in front of Mark Gay, who's <laughs> the defender behind. I mean, we're laughing at it, but it's not. It's, poor. Like, it's, it's really poor it's because really poor. Uh, Brighton would have got themselves a goal and could have well been a, a different result. So, not another game. Good day for VAR at Sellers Park, but a point needs for both the teams. Yeah, and, and I agree with you. I think that probably knocked the stuffing out of them a little mm. bit, Brighton. But I still think the mistake from Sanchez, um, you can't look past that as well. Yeah, Brighton were in, Sanchez, yeah, he dropped the yeah, ball, didn't they he, were in a good yeah, position, quite comfortable. Yeah. Credit to Tompkins. Mm. He, he, he anticipates him dropping yeah. that ball, which most centre-backs wouldn't do. No, they'd be Strikers running back, would. wouldn't they? Yeah. Strikers would mm. always think, if... Yeah. If, they're always yeah, the optimist if, yeah. or the pessimist, aren't they? Yeah, yeah so they're, they're, they're always looking optimistically at what might happen. Mm. Um, but um, I thought Brighton should have got more out of the game, um, but for that mistake. And the last one, Fulham 2, Nottingham Forest nil. Forest were going to end a good vein of form, but Fulham uh, have been one of these stories. Seventh in, in, the, in the league right now, 35 points. I mean, above Chelsea, above Liverpool. I'm seeing incredible what Marco Silva's doing. Yeah, uh, And Willian, by the way... Probably close to my underappreciated. What a goal he scored. What form he's in. Yeah, um, a tough start for Steve Cooper. Mm. Lost two of his centre-backs within the yeah, first five or six minutes. Yeah, and that's right, yeah. I mean, that's tough to, tough, to change yeah. that. Yeah. Also, yeah. were the players fully warmed up on the sideline? Probably sat there getting <laughs> yeah. the, the tracksuit yeah. bottoms on, yeah, having a little snack and <laughs> relaxing, thinking, well, this is me for the afternoon, yeah. maybe till about the 60th, 70th minute. Might mm. get called upon then. But he had to adapt, he had to try and change things and bring his two centre-backs on, uh, Joe Worrell and Felipe, but it didn't quite work for them. Credit to Fulham. Uh, I don't think they've won in three going into the game. Yeah. And to, to, to win that game against an informed Forest team yeah. at the top of the form t- table in mm. 2023, um, that, that is a, a really good result. And as you say, the goal from William. Oh, wow. Especially. I mean, he couldn't yeah. have put it anywhere else. No, uh, no. The, the goal line was covered. Uh, with players, and he goes above players and, and puts it in that foot. top corner. Brilliant Beautiful finish from him, and then obviously Solomon finishes the game at the end. But what I love about um, what what Fulham have done under Marco Silva, the big thing for me is when you look at good teams in the Premier League, they've yeah. always got a good centre midfield. Yeah. And you look at Paulinha, mm. you look at Pereira yeah. and Reed, Reed as well. Yeah. And I think it's a great mix as well, isn't yeah, it? It's Different brilliant. styles. And, and the way he's brought that in, yeah. I think that's why they're having such a good season. Combative, mm. creative, yeah. and really comfortable on the ball. And I've always said with, with the Fulham teams that have come up in the past, they lack that athleticism and physicality Absolutely. that has to be a given in the Premier League. This yeah. team doesn't. No. And um, Marco Silva deserves loads of credit. Listen, mate, it's been absolutely brilliant to have you. So much better than Musty. I can't believe it. <laughs> Don't say that. On a week when we've had big wins, bad losses, a few draws, apart from VAR, where there's no lines drawn, which is, is a big problem. Um, we'll be back on Wednesday. We're going to react to the big game in North London as Arsenal hosts Manchester City. And we'll review games from the Champions League. But for now, I'm Earl. 
He's Stephen. Thanks for watching and listening. Be safe, stay healthy. It's a good night from me. It's a good night from Steve. Good night. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Dogs are an important part of our lives. That means protecting them from parasites. Ask your vet about NexGuard Plus, a Foxiloner, Moxidectin, and pyrantal chewable tablets. NexGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection against fleas, ticks, heartworm disease, roundworms, and hookworms. Plus, they're delicious and easy to give. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Ask about NexGuard Plus chews.